Hello, 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 and welcome to Nonsense and Noise, a podcast about the queer and person of color pop culture slash media experience. I am your host, Nathan Cotto, and wow, y'all, it's been a long time. I'm so sorry that August really got away from us. It is now August 20th, and the last episode that I dropped was like at the end of July, so sorry y'all for leaving you guys with a radio silence. I don't really have any excuse for like what uh, what I've been up to. I've, I've just been like... The rest of July was pretty eventful. I like met one of my internet friends in person, and then actually just yesterday, I saw another internet friend who I haven't seen since before the pandemic. This is the third time seeing him. I also started watching Haikyuu, and I am just like lost in the sauce. There's one character, Daichi Sawamura, and I just like, I, I don't understand why I am just like so like just in it, but he, um, he's currently my Blorbo, uh, that's all I can really say, and, and for those of you not familiar with the term Blorbo is just, like, some nonsense term that somebody came up with on Tumblr for people's favorite characters, basically the, the context was just, like, how dare you speak about my Blorbo that way, or something like that, or somebody was, somebody made some post about, like, complaining about, oh, well, these people are just, like, so fanatical, they'll be like, I can't believe you insulted Blorbo from my shows. So Blorbo from my shows is kind of the the meme, and if you're really curious about the sort of origin of that, you can look that up on uh, on Google. It's it's a pretty funny time. So yeah, that's that's the sort of like media hole that I've been in. And then also I very relevant to this topic that we're talking about today. I actually published an Overwatch fanfiction piece that I had been working on since like 2017. I posted that like at the end of last month and like I have kind of been like catapulted back into the world of fanfiction writing and and it's been really great. I've been also playing a lot of Valorant with friends and so like between between Valorant and like writing, also like writing another piece for another website talking about like queer person of color experience with found family and like how the current concept of found family like isn't the best. I- I've been working on that too as well, but obviously, so I've got like three different things that are kind of going on with my life. So as a result, I just have not had the time slash the energy to put together a podcast episode. So thank you for bearing with me and hopefully. Oh, Uh, I'm also, actually, just to sort of give everybody a heads up, too, I'm planning to take a break on recording next month. Next month will actually mark pretty much the year point since the inception of this podcast. I think the actual anniversary is sometime in October, because I remember this podcast really came about because of the Shang-Chi movie, and Shang-Chi came out in September of last year, and I don't think I recorded an episode until October. So I can't believe I've made it, like, a full year. This is, like, really cool. I'm hoping to to do more and, you know, continue to explore, you know, more topics and and talk with more friends and and more people about more things. But yeah, for for right now, for September, I'm not going to be actually putting anything out. The plan is to just kind of take a break. And patrons, you will be refunded for, for September since I'm not putting anything out. So yeah, that's sort of like how I've been. So we'll get right into the first segment of the podcast with pop culture and just things that that we're looking forward to. So in terms of visual media movies and stuff, this is more of a recap than like upcoming stuff. Uh, There's only like one thing upcoming that like 
is kind of relevant to what we normally talk about here. So stuff that's already come out so far on August 5th, the movie Prey, P-R-E-Y, the prequel to the Predator franchise, came out on Hulu, starring Amber Midthunder Asadi, the main character, the protagonist of Prey, and she is Comanche, I believe. She's native, as is Dakota Beavers, who plays her the character's brother, uh, Tabe. So Prey is really unique in that it's, well, I mean, it's, it's the prequel to the Predator movies, but also it's very well done and the movie itself also has a Comanche dub. So the native that's featured in it uh, in the movie, and the character Sari is part of a Comanche, and so the the movie itself, there's a, there's a dub of it fully in Comanche, and also I know there's a part where they interact with some white people uh, who are speaking French, I believe. Some, some flavor of European, but the really cool thing that I think the movie does is like, since you're supposed to be in the movie from the perspective of Sadi, uh, the main character who is Comanche, you can't actually understand, or unlike you know, unless you speak French or what, or you understand French, you don't actually get the translation of what uh, the French people are saying. There's no captions or anything. Same thing with the Comanche dub on. You actually don't get a translation of what they're saying. So. I don't know. All in all, it seems like a really, really cool movie. I am very, very on the fence about watching it, mostly because like I know that the Predator franchise is it, it's like action thriller and and sci-fi, like maybe a little bit horror, but also not exactly horror. I think it's more it's more thriller and thriller movies. Like I can I can get with those. I'm cool with those, but also like. <laughs> like they're definitely something like I have to be in the mood to watch so I would watch with somebody but I don't think I'm going to watch it myself but anyway that's Prey if you haven't watched it already like please watch it I've heard so many good things about it and it just seems like a lot of uh, there's a lot of like native driven media out there now there's Rutherford Falls there is the Reservation Dogs and it's really it's just like really awesome that native folks are getting more and more shows that are written by them and for them and you know obviously those stories are very important and worth telling and so i think it's really cool that this is sort of like the first piece of maybe not the first piece but like a major piece of mainstream media that features a native perspective and and is heavily featuring native actors amber midthunder is the daughter of david midthunder and David Midthunder is also an actor, so it's it's really cool that she's gotten this opportunity, and she's also gotten like lots of kudos from other like other people who are heavily involved in the Predator franchise. So, like, it, it's just really cool to see her getting her time in the spotlight. That's just so fucking awesome that she gets to she gets to do this. Um, so that's Prey. And then the next movie is Beast, which actually came out yesterday. It's featuring Idris Elba, and all I know about it is that it's an action movie, uh, I think. Um, <laughs> it features animals. And that's kind of all I know about it. I haven't really done a ton of research. I'm not, like, super excited about that movie. I haven't really been like, keeping up too much with movies, even though that's, like, a part that I feature on my podcast. So that's the next one that's that's kind of up and coming. And then the final movie that I thought was worth highlighting is actually coming out next Friday, August 26th, called Breaking. And it is a story based on the real-life story of a former Marine Corps veteran in financial trouble. And, and he's 
he he's so concerned about the financial trouble that he goes to rob a bank with a bomb threat and so this the the actual real life story took ba- took place back in 2017 but the main character is played by John Boyega and then the movie also features Nicole Bihari from Sleepy Hollow, if you remember that show way back when, as well as Selenis Levia, who is on Orange is the New Black. That's really the only thing that I know her from. But that movie is also coming up. Three people of color involved in that. I think this story is ultimately sad because it's, so it's, it's based on this article where they, I think, the guy ends up actually getting killed by the police. Very unfortunately because... Uh, of the bomb threat and everything, and so they, uh, he, he was, he was killed at the hands of uh, law enforcement officers. So uh, I, I'd have to do more research and like actually look at things, but I think that is the case. And it's it, obviously it's that's not great. It's a certainly a tragedy. So um, that's the sort of warning on that movie. Those are kind of the only three movies that I sort of clocked on the list of, on the website that I looked at for like movies coming out in august and i i don't know about like tv shows or anything that are oh actually no i i I mentioned the tv shows that were on my mind before reservation dogs and rutherford falls those two are are tv shows that are led by led and written by native folks so yeah maybe don't go see breaking but see watch, watch those those tv shows reservation dogs i think is on fx and i don't remember what network runs rutherford falls but please go ahead and and look for that and then in terms of video games and everything it seems pretty strangely quiet in the video game world at least for things that i'm paying attention to and i'm excited for so i kind of just did a grab bag of like three indie titles that i'm actually like have some tangential interest in. So these are all coming out on the Switch. The first one is Two Point Campus, which came out on August 9th. Think The Sims, but make it college. So this is like a simulator game where you basically develop your own co- your own college or university. You build it from scratch and, and you get to run the college. I think it's really cool. I'm always a big, big sucker for management games. And I think, honestly, like a lot of queer folks are really into management games too. Like whether it be like multitasking or like simulators or like whatever i think that that seems to be like have a strong chokehold on our community so like maybe i'll do an episode one day and then and we dig into like why people love management sims so much so that's two point campus which came out on august 9th the next game which i've actually heard a little bit about on twitter is cult of the lamb which came out on august 11th and it's all i know about it is that it's roguelike so basically like randomly generated maps and stuff so it's a roguelike where you develop your own cult so that seems like an interesting little title i have not really dug too deep into like the reception and everything but it seems like people are having fun from what i've seen on twitter and then of course the last title that i saw that i found was kirby's dream buffet which actually which came out on august 17th now i thought i remember when i saw the commercial for this game i was like wow kirby just got like a full-length game and they're making another one but this is kind of more of an arcade style game it's it's a roller sort of like pinball sort of game not exactly pinball but it's more like a, a a driving game where basically you play as kirby and you're trying to roll around a board and eat as much food as possible and become the biggest kirby i believe the characters that you can play as play as are like the different colored kirby's and like maybe meta knight but it's just like a cute little game and yeah not not like the full full length 
Kirby game that we literally just got like back in March. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it on on pop culture and like upcoming video games and and visual media. So we're gonna take a quick break and then we will come back with the main content of the show. All right, and we are back from the break. So today is probably going to be a shorter episode just because it's, you know, just me by myself. And also this is sort of going to be the same as like the first episodes of like the topics that we tend to dive into where it's kind of like a foundational sort of thing. So the topic that we're talking about today is fan fiction. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. Just kidding. Some people know it and some people are very ashamed of their relationship with fan fiction because it's just seen as like something so cringy and whatever. But I guess to the first question that we're posing is like, well, fan fiction, what, what is it? So the, <laughs> the more like fancy way of putting fanfiction is like it's a pastiche it's a derivative work that is inspired by an original work where you get to like expand on scenes that have happened or things that may have happened off screen or like off the page whether it be in a book in a play or in a movie or tv show whatever you get to sort of use your imagination and like expand on how characters interact or like on what things characters do now where where fan fiction sort of diverges from pastiche as an art form is that fan fiction we basically were given the materials quote unquote of like the characters and the world that the characters inhabit and you can really the base sort of toy set in the sand box is the characters themselves and we get to decide how we want them to interact how we want them to collide how we want them to uh, relate to each other and connect to each other if we want to have characters who are not canonically in relationships in the book tv show series movie whatever um, in the main media if those characters are not in a relationship we can have them in relationships and that is a very important thing to note we can also take these characters and put them in a different universe whether it be in a universe inspired by a different show in a a couple of other tropey universes like um, a coffee shop or like in a science fiction universe or like post-apocalyptic really sky's the limit you can you can really design your own world and just put your characters in it and just like kind of sort of play around with it and so that's the sort of like beauty of fan fiction but like i said before a lot of what fan fiction tends to focus in on is relationships and connections that maybe don't happen on screen or in the actual canonical source material and that is really what draws people to it and what tends to attract attract a lot of people to it as either writers or consumers or readers of fan fiction. So from my time in that I've spent in fandom, it's been mostly women that tend to participate in writing fan fiction and also probably and, and also like lots of queer folks like myself. I'm not a woman. I'm a queer man and I have certainly engaged with writing little pieces of fan fiction here and there. And I've been talking with a lot of friends about, you know, my podcast and like what what it is that I'm trying to achieve here and how rigid the topics need to be. And so the connection back to fan fiction here is that like I think that fan fiction is important just the same as like pieces of like queer media are important because like these are stories that are not generally told and and if we can share them and create them and and if we can create and share stories that feature relationships that we want to see the connections that we want to see the dynamics that we want to see 
you know, that is, that's important. Like, these stories and these voices and perspectives really should be shared, especially since these stories are a way of humanizing people, and the more stories that share different perspectives are out there, the more we can understand other people. So, as a result, I feel like that's a big reason as to why, like, most main like most people aren't really into fan fiction and they sort of view it derisively because it's just like oh well you're some sort of freak who like indulges in fantasy a little bit too much and it's just like no i'm like you know taking this source material and i am exploring my identity and things that i want to see in this media and so uh, as a result like you see a lot of show like the shows that you see this happening a lot with tend to be i don't really know how to put this i just like the example that i have is like i you know right now i'm in a few different fandoms so like valorant overwatch fire emblem three houses teen wolf IQ and like these all these fandoms have like there there are some homoerotic overtones for or I guess undertones or whatever for some of the characters in the cast and that ends up being a really important part of like okay well let's let's focus on in on these characters relationships to each other and explore what that ends up looking like whether that could be you know we could spin that out into a romantic relationship and like maybe they're best friends or whatever <laughs> maybe they were roommates but this doesn't tend to happen with other sort of like more heterosexual focused media so like i'm thinking the stuff like how i met your mother or like that 70s show or like new girl i mean granted those are like more sitcom-y shows like you also don't see that with like or at least i'm not paying attention to stuff like that from like always sunny or something like that but basically like a lot of the shows and series that like sort of not necessarily force the heterosexuality in your face but they like there's no real like exploration of like relationships and characteristics otherwise there's not really a big amount of fan fiction for those types of media and and because like i don't know i feel like the the consumer base tends to be to skew more heterosexual and like not to say that straight people like don't engage in fan fiction because i'm sure there are tons of like straight women who actually engage in fan fiction but like a lot of the time, like, you're getting what you want on screen. So, like, I'm thinking, <laughs> and this is going to be a really weird factoid that I know off the top of my head, but, like, New Girl, for example, has 900 or 1,000 works on Archive of Our Own, which is, or AO3, which is the, the, the internet's sort of central fanfiction repository, and a lot of those are centered around the main pairing of Nick and Jess. And at least to me, this just seems really weird because, like, that, that's sort of, like... <laughs> Y'all get that in, in canon. Like, Nick and Jess canonically date each other. Granted, I didn't keep up with New Girl for too much longer, like, after, I think, season two or three or something. I watched it in college a little bit, and then, like, I sort of dropped it. And, and I know the show's no longer going on, but, like, I mean, it was funny, but it, was, it wasn't, like, something where I was, like, seeing connections between characters and, and then being, like, I know they're not going to explore this on screen. Compare that to something like Teen Wolf, which... <laughs> was something I was really, really into back in college, and, like, there were, you know, the most popular ship there, the most popular ship or relationship there was Derek and Styles, and, like, that connection, there's so much chemistry that the actors brought to that 
that relationship and we also knew or i mean there was a hope that there that would be a relationship that would form because the showrunner was gay and you know there there was a lot of hope for that because it seemed like all the other characters paired off so like scott and allison and then jackson and lydia were paired off which just left Derek and styles and there's a lot of speculation going into like season two and then even going into season three of like oh maybe they'll like get together and whatever and they're like I know I was pulled into Teen Wolf because of fan fiction of Derek and Styles together, and I was like, "Wow, this is such like a great character dynamic." And then, of course, I like watched the show and I'm like, "Where, where's the the canonical like relationship?" And there isn't. But like, it's stuff like that where there are connections between characters. Like the other one that I can think of that, I, I mean, not the only other one, but, like, another example is, like, the TV show iZombie, which started in, like, 2014, I believe. Ravi and Major have, like, a really interesting dynamic that, like, I think halfway through season one, I picked up on that. I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Like, there's definitely never going to explore them being in a relationship with each other because, like, this is a CW. The CW doesn't touch gay people. Like, it, that just doesn't happen. But, like, I know I explored that, and that was a ship that I really liked, and so I ended up writing a, a piece of fanfiction about that. But it's, like, this sort of thing where, like, you have these characters and, like, the relationships that end up forming, and you you're really like looking at okay well how can these characters and their relationship on screen like how does that dynamic and everything translate to off screen and let me imagine like what it would be like to see those characters in a relationship and like i think it's a really cool way to explore the source material and even like bring more life to the characters and i think obviously with fan fiction the, the difficulty with fan fiction like versus canon material is like Fanfiction cannot really legally affect the source material unless the creators, like, actually mean to do that. Because fanfiction is purely derivative. Back in the old days of, like, writing fanfiction, there were tons of disclaimers of just, like, this is not for commercial use. I'm not, like, profiting off of this material. These characters aren't mine. Like, we had to be very careful because, you know, fanfiction's out on the internet. Like, people can search for it. There was, I think, the most famous, or, like, the example is, like, from Anne Rice, the author who wrote Interview with a Vampire. Like, she found fanfiction or something and, like, sued the fanfiction writer. And so, as a result, like, when Anne Rice died, I remember there's a lot of hubbub on Twitter being like, oh, Anne Rice died so, like, we can finally write Interview with a Vampire fanfiction because, like, nobody will give a fuck anymore. But, like... That's the sort of, like, contentious relationship that fanfiction has with the source material. There are also, like, very meme examples of, like, canon versus fanon interactions for, like... The, the one I'm thinking of is Supernatural. Like, Dean Castiel was, like, a really big ship in the Supernatural fandom. The Supernatural fandom is, wow, just what a what a place to be. I was only ever tangentially involved in that because I was like, oh, look, these two guys who are very attractive, like, wow, they should be in a relationship. And that was pretty much the only draw to me. But like, so I think it was like season 13 or something, whatever, like Supernatural had been going on for far too long at that point. Like right before Castiel dies, he tells Dean that he loves him. And like, this was like an event last year, I think in November, like people were like, <laughs> it became like this meme where like, People found out, like, the craziest news from, like, these screenshots that people shared on Tumblr, and people were like, wait a minute, Destiel's canon? So, like, that 
doesn't really tend to happen at all. You know, for the most part, fan fiction is more, like, self-indulgent and, like, a way for people to, like, explore how their characters are interacting and really, like, focus in on their favorites and maybe, like, even bring together and explore, like, character interactions that, like, have not happened in the main media piece. So, like, for example, I know, like, after Avatar The Last Airbender was put back on Netflix, I rewatched it and noticed, like, wow, uh, Zuko and Sokka actually have, like, a lot of chemistry together, and there's, like, they really only get one sort of episode together. It's where they go to the Boiling Rock prison, and, like, they, they try and break Suki out, and that's really the only sort of connection that they have, and it's really a shame because, like, they really do have a really great connection, and so, like, as a result, I sort of, like, plunged headfirst into that ship, and I was just, like, how did I not see this when I, like, watched Avatar the first time around? And I think it was mainly because, like, I would only see, like, bits and pieces of certain episodes. Like, I watched... I remember when the first initial run of Avatar happened, I, like, watched the series finale because, like, I wanted closure. Like, watched... I remember, like, being excited about the first episode and then, like, I watched the last episode way later than it actually premiered and was just like, okay, well, you know, now I know what happens. But yeah, like, I sort of, like, fell headfirst in that because it was just like, this is a connection between, like, these these two characters who I really like and their interaction is very interesting and so is their connection. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, I am... I feel the same way about, like, Aang and Zuko's relationship where it's just like, huh, this is like, I mean, there's obviously a lot more to sort through because like, one doesn't easily, like, you know, it, it's hard to get over, oh, by the way, like, your father or, or your grandpa, like, ordered a genocide of my people, like, we don't, like, move past that in, like, five minutes. That's not something that we can just easily brush under the rug, but, like, their relationship is also very interesting and, like, so all of this to say, like, fanfiction, at least for me, and, like, a lot of my other friends, too, it really serves as a really cool way to, like, explore connections between characters that you would not really ever see otherwise, and I think, I, th I want to say, like, Destiel is probably, like, the most famous example. If you're looking for, like, famous, like, across fandom period, like, fandom agnostic fam, like, from Star Trek, which is, like, one of the original, like, big internet fandoms, too, is Spurk Spurk, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a ship name. James Kirk and Spock. That is, like, a really big ship, and people, like I said, like, you know, they're looking at the interaction between the two characters on screen, how they're written, and then we're taking that and, like, like imagining, like, what would happen if they got together. Like, how would those relationships develop, and how would they grow, and how would the people around them react to that? And, like, I think, as I keep saying, this is, like, the main appeal of fan fiction is just, like, how do we look at this character development? How do we look at these things and, like, the connections between these people and how they affect both they themselves within the relationship as well as other people around them? And I think that is, like, the number one thing that is so important for a lot of people when looking at fanfiction because, like, as humans, we're, like, very relational creatures and a good majority of us, like, want that connection. And especially for queer folks, like, we don't get a lot of that modeled for us very well in mainstream media. There are sometimes shows that lean into queer representation, and of course now that I've mentioned that I like cannot remember anything, but like I'm thinking of like I know during college, during my undergrad, I like watched a couple gay focused TV shows. So there's one called DTLA or Downtown LA, another one called Hunting Season, and both of them like they were obviously the I mean like they were 
created with a queer focus in mind, but there's a lot of heavy focus on just, like, sexual relationships, and oh, uh, the other one I'm thinking of uh, that I can think of is Looking, um, with Jonathan Groff, like, a lot of the connection, the, a lot of the story was about, like, sex, and, like, that is cool, because that's obviously, like, one part of being a human being, but, like, I feel like a lot of the time we also don't get, as, as queer folks, we don't get a lot of, like, the sort of tenderness and, like, building up to a relationship and, like, falling in love and, like, and sort of how we're watching a relationship grow. We don't get that in mainstream media a lot, which is why also, like, Heartstopper is so important because, like, Heartstopper gives you the sort of, like, build up and lead up to, like, the start of a relationship and then also just, like, realizing, like, hey, I, I don't really know what I'm doing in this relationship, but, like, I, as long as I, like, put myself out there and, like, am honest with my partner and communicate and whatever, then, like, we should be okay. Like, that, Heartstopper is really important for that, but, like, all this to say, like, fan fiction is our sort of way of creating that space for ourselves to, like, see ourselves in media, see ourselves in characters that we relate to, and, like, put them in a situation that maybe, like, we wish we were in, and just sort of, like, let our imaginations take over. And sometimes this is done, like, really well. I have, I know, like, I have a really high standard for fanfiction, so, like, a lot of the pieces that I read, like, honestly, these authors are putting out, like, high, high quality work for free they're volunteering their time to write all of this and then just like you know put it out there for people to enjoy so obviously it can like be that or you know the, there are i think this is what people think of more is like the sort of like teenagery like attempts at fan fiction where it's just like oh i'm gonna like put myself into this piece of media i think the most famous sort of example of that is my immortal where it's like this really crummy crummily like written very hilariously crummily written Harry Potter fan fiction, and like everybody knows about that, and it's sort of a meme in itself. But like, there's that end of the spectrum as well. But like, honestly, like all fan fiction is is really just like, hey, I really like these two characters. I would love to see how they interact in this situation, and whether that be like within the original show's universe, or like maybe I want to explore their relationship. Like if like they met in a coffee shop or like a meet cute somewhere or like if, if this was this universe was like science fiction or like high fantasy or post-apocalyptic whatever like it's it's really all about just like exploring what you want to see and as a result like i mean i i think that's like really freeing and like sometimes people are able to actually like really explore and like have really good pieces and then you get stuff like 50 shades of gray which is a twilight fan fiction and yikes uh, i mean the materials originally uh, the the source material was bad because like twilight glorified a lot of just like really problematic things about like relationships and stuff and like stephanie meyer isn't exactly like amazing either but like Fifty Shades of Grey was really just very, very bad examples of, like, explorations of themes of BDSM and shit. Whereas, like, I mean, to, so like I said, that's, like, the sort of bad version, whereas, like, there are tons of other fics that are out there that, like, explore different characters and, like, okay, what if these characters, like, what if this is what they, how they, like, related to each other? This is how they connected with each other in the bedroom or whatever. Like, I don't know. I All this to say, like, I really, I don't know. I'm, I'm a really big proponent of, like, fan fiction because, like, I really like 
being able to be like, okay, well, you know, I don't have to develop these characters myself. I already know what they're like. I already know their personalities. I know their personality traits and, and quirks and whatever and how they tend to interact. And let's explore this new facet of how they interact. And I think, I really do think that mainstream directors and like TV writers can take a page out of fan fiction's book because there are so many times when, and by so many, I really like this example sticking in my head, but like from the... <clears throat> one Shondaland show, How to Get Away with Murder, the actor Alfie Enoch was, you know, his character Wes was written out of the TV show after season two because the writers claimed that there was nothing left for them to explore with the character, which is really bullshit. And like, this is sort of like, you know, another piece of fan fiction is like, we rely on tropes very heavily. Like, there's the, the joke of like, you know, they're roommates and they like fall in love or like there's one bed and they, uh, these people these two people who were like may not be in a relationship like maybe develop feelings for each other because they had to sleep in the same bed but like one thing that people make sure to like really heavily warn for is like if there's major character death or like if there's an unhappy ending right because nobody likes to i mean some sometimes people are in the mood for a tragedy and they want to read that but like those are the two main things that i can think of off the top of my head where it's just like this is a really big like red not red flag in that like the piece is bad but like the two things that people tend to warn for the most but like killing off a character rarely ever happens in fan fiction because like for the most part number one like people don't want to see their favorite characters die but number two like it's a really heavy emotional impact and you can't undo it it's not something that you can undo easily like unless you're maybe in a fantasy world but then that of course like or even in like some sci-fi situation but then of course that changes what death means in that universe so anyways like getting back to the original gripe character death like especially in mainstream media i think is like such a boring trope because like to get back to what i wanted to say about tv writers like taking a page from fan fiction's book you know we could have had another season of how to get away with murder where like wes's connection with some of his other classmates are explored and i mean the really nice thing about tv and and stories really is like they are modeled off of human behavior and as humans we are constantly you know depending on <laughs> maybe not right now because it's still we're still in the middle of a pandemic we're actually in the middle of two pandemics but like generally there's sort of no shortage of depending on where you live of course too but like there's generally no shortage of like new connections that you can be making throughout your life whether it be like a casual interaction at the grocery store like you talk to the cashier or you like you bump into someone in the grocery aisle or like you go to a coffee shop and like maybe there's a new barista and they like mess up your order and then you have a conversation or you know basically there's like so many different ways to like bring new people into your story like you just think about how you meet a friend let's i mean like i know i haven't had like the most success with like meeting people like after college like because i'm very shy and like very introverted and whatever but like you know a meeting people at least for me a lot of the friends that i've made outside after college has been like through playing video games and like you know you can always bring in a new connection and like explore another facet of a character's personality that way so i don't yeah that's like that's sort of like my gripe with like mainstream media and like how i wish they people would be like more hesitant to just like kill off characters so yeah that's sort of like what fan fiction is and like why i think it's great in terms of just like ways that i like to engage with fan fiction i mean like 
Fanfiction is, like, a great creative writing outlet, so one thing you guys might not know about me is, so, like, I went to school for chemical engineering, but actually when I first started in college, I was thinking about double majoring in creative writing and, cre and chemical engineering because I'd taken a creative writing class in high school, and, like, of course the final project was to write a short story, and, you know, in high school I was still coming out and still coming to terms with my queer identity, and so I wrote a story that was heavily influenced by one of the crushes that I had in high school and I was able to sort of explore like that relationship and the that particular story though it I mean I guess you could say it was fan fiction in a sense because it was inspired by like me and this guy who I had a crush on in high school but like that story it was really nice to be able to like have that sort of catharsis and like explore everything that happened and really process it and sort of get okay with the fact that like I didn't have closure on what happened and like I maybe I wouldn't get closure and like that's okay and like life just sort of like moves on so I don't know like I think I really like fan fiction because for me at least it's like a nice creative creative writing outlet and like I said before like it's nice because you don't have to build the characters yourself you don't have to like imagine and like create and, and, and fine-tune all these characters in your head and even like keep track of them. You're, you're already familiar with them from the source material. So fanfiction for me has just been like a fun way to like keep engaging with my creative side in addition to you know podcasting but like keep engaging with my creative side and like engage with the media that I like whether that be like a tv show movie video game whatever and so like another facet of that I, which I think I might have alluded to briefly before when talking about like sort of fan fiction quality has been the whole aspect of like what I can only sort of make the I can make the analogy of like acting versus directing in a fan fiction so like there are sometimes you see like these two characters and you're like wow I really wish that they would get together and so you end up like writing a piece of fan fiction about it about them and like you are not involved you are you know you're creating the story and you don't have any sort of inside involvement and that's sort of like directing the story right like you don't have to be involved in the relationship you are just creating the scene and like you're shooting the movie essentially right whereas another interesting and fun sort of aspect of fan fiction is the ability to create an original character or an oc and like sometimes you just see a piece of media and you're like hey i really love this universe or like i really like this character and i would like to create a character to like explore this universe and like maybe explore you know xyz facet of this character and like make this story and bring myself some satisfaction so like for me like i think i have alluded to before like i have created an original character for the shang chi universe the marvel movie i also mentioned earlier that i've been watching haikyuu and like i'm really fixated on this one character so like i made a character for that universe and whatever and so that that's what i mean more like acting like where you where you're just like oh i want to be a part of this action and i mean i think the self-insertion obviously always has like this sort of you run the risk of like you know oh i'm gonna make myself a superhero character and they're gonna be like super powerful and like you know there there's no flaws about about them at all and i think obviously that is very much like a, an immature way of engaging with fan fiction it's not an invalid way of engaging with fan fiction but like you know it's something that you do as a kid and you're just like oh yeah i want to be part of this and like the perfect person or the perfect character in this universe but like at least for the two examples that i've mentioned like with chang chi like i 
I think I talked about this in the in my episode about Shang-Chi and like romance and stuff like that movie left that character as such a blank slate for like who he could be paired with because like his sidekick of Katie like she'd sort of presented as an option but honestly like the fact it's interesting that she was not written to be a love interest as much as like she's there as his friend and is like his very thoroughly his friend the entire way through and not to say that Shang-Chi and Katie couldn't get together but like they don't really have that chemistry for me and maybe it's just because like I'm too like familiar with the actors themselves I'm just like I think it would be weird to see that and so of course that's the main reason why I was just like oh what if Shang-Chi or what if Sean character like is bi and like I made a character and like who also happened to be a superhero and like they fall in love together and like how what would that look like and I think because like I know for me with Shang-Chi is all that movie was a lot of like you know these are the things that my family has done to me and for that particular character it's just like okay well how how do I take my past and my present and like reconcile them because that I mean that was a, a whole theme of like okay well like I was a violent person in the past and I'm trying to outrun my past but maybe it's time to face up to my past and like you know sort of marry the ideas of like yeah I am I am this but I'm also like equally not that marry those together and like move forward and, and continue to grow and so as a result I was just like oh you know like what if there's a character who uh, like he's able to romance and like explore that facet of and then same thing with like <laughs> my character for Haikyuu is just like oh there is like this character like Daichi is like very reliable and I'm just like well what about, like, if he had somebody who he could, like, be vulnerable with, and, like, you know, it, it's a lot of, a lot of the self-inserts is, for me at least, is very much just, like, it would be really cool to see, like, this side of this character that I haven't seen yet, like, for example, with Haikyuu, like, there's still more of that series coming out, so I don't actually, like, have the fully fleshed out picture of, like, who Daichi is in my head, but, like, that's still something that I, like, want to explore and that I like is just, like, oh, you know, how does this character connect to other people? Because, like, Daichi's just, like, such a caregiver and, like, I... I don't know, I really like that quality. <laughs> I like that quality in my friends and, like, I would like that quality in, like, a future partner because I also know that I'm very much like that and that, you know, maybe it's because I'm an oldest sibling or whatever, but, like, I don't know. I... I... Uh, yeah... So, like, it, all of this is just to say, like, fanfiction is, like, overall such a, like, great way to explore your relationship with the media, like, take a look at how different characters interact, explore, like, how, what these characters mean to you, like, see if there's any reflection of you in those characters, and sort of just play around and, and be creative. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the main content. My overall judgment is fanfiction's great definitely if you really like a show take a look online and just like go to archive of our own or ao3.org i think it is i think it's a dot org archive of our own.org and take a look at the media that you're watching and see what's been written you might be surprised because like sometimes a lot of these fan fiction pieces actually offer a lot of dimensionality to these characters that maybe you have like built up in your head or like you have an idea of them in a certain way and there's a deeper interpretation or like a, a, a different interpretation of how these characters are in fan fiction and I think like 
sometimes it can bring a very, very nice, like, deeper understanding and appreciation of the media. So that's sort of like my recommendation <laughs> at, at the end of all of this. So uh, that's it for the main content. I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the last segment of the show. All right. And we are back from the break. So as usual, the final segment is what's your nonsense. And just in case this is your first time tuning in, this segment is basically where I cover or I ask a question, uh, what's something that you're into that either it seems like nobody else is into or talking about or just something that you're really excited about and you want to gush about. So, you know, I lately, I'm sure like if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen this, but so there's this game from Square Enix called Octopath Traveler was released back in 2018, I believe. And it's your sort of standard JRPG game, but this is the first installment in Square Enix's 2D HD collection, which basically means that like the main sprites themselves, the main character sprites are just their pixel art, but then the backgrounds themselves are actually like in 3D and they're really gorgeous backgrounds. Octopath Traveler, as I might have mentioned before, the soundtrack is fucking amazing. I highly recommend going to listen to it. I can and will per- like persuade people to play the game solely off the soundtrack itself because the soundtrack is fucking incredible, but I know with Octopath, actually there ended up being a, not a spin-off game, but a, a prequel game that came out for mobile in Japan a few years ago called Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent. You know, I registered that happening whenever it did, and I was just like, oh, that's cool, maybe it'll come to the US, or, you know, it'll, it'll be in regions outside of Japan one day, but I wasn't, I sort of forgot about it. But at the end of July, I saw on Twitter that champions of the continent was coming to the u.s and it's just like oh you know sign, do pre-register so that you can or not pre-register but like sign up so that way you can get an account and you can play it so i have been playing octopath traveler champions of the continent or i call it kotzi i've been playing that since the end of july it's been i think 25 days since the launch and i've logged close to like 60 hours on it it's really fun it's really just lovely to revisit that universe that was created by that video game and the the game itself is a gotcha so where you have to like pull characters and whatever to build your team luckily the gotcha mechanic doesn't really feel too like overbearing or too oppressive so like i've been able to pull like fairly frequently and my teams tend, I feel like my teams are fairly well balanced and I'm able to like progress through the story okay. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend. It is the same sort of style as the main game. So definitely not something like a, it's, I mean, it is kind of a casual game, but it's not something like a match three. It's not like a Candy Crush or like, you know, your, your typical sort of cell phone game. It's very much like a it is an actual game so if you're looking for more ways to spend more time on your phone and more ways to deplete your phone battery highly recommend checking out octopath traveler champions of the continent it is fully single player so you don't have to like worry about interacting with anybody else and overall like the story is really well written it's really cool because there's actually some some representation within the game of like non-binary identities there's one character who is actually a non-binary cleric 
and they use they them pronouns like it, it each character that you can like play as or control has like a little character story and for the most part a lot of the characters use like you know he him or she her pronouns but like for this particular character their character bio has they them pronouns so it's really cool i think it's it's highly worth checking out there's lots of like new original content like i said this is a prequel to octopath traveler so like if you like the game i then would recommend getting into the main title game which i think actually is sadly out of print so if you want to get your hands on octopath traveler the, the main game itself you're either going to have to like buy a used copy or buy a digital copy but either way my nonsense is playing octopath traveler champions of the continent highly recommend it it's lots of fun so if you've gotten this far thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining and, and for your patience with me and putting out podcast episodes now really once a month i know like oh forever and a half ago i was like oh i'm gonna try and put out an episode two times a month and and that quickly deteriorated down to just like one but thank you so much for your support if you're looking for a way to support the show i have a patreon if you go to patreon.com slash nonsense and noise pod you can find me there that's the best way to support the show donation of any amount will get you a shout out on the show so check me out there also i have currently one bonus episode that's hidden behind the paywall you have to be a paying member (laughs) of the of the community to be able to access that so and i'm hoping to do more premium bonus episodes in the future so that's patreon if you want to get more of me you can find me on twitch and instagram and twitter at kato not kato that's k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o i have not been streaming on twitch recently but i'm hoping to get back into doing that soon and i have a piece out on sexual racism at joy sauce you can find that linked on my twitter and i'm hoping to have more pieces out more essays out in the future talking about my experience as a queer asian american person so that's about it thanks a lot for joining and hope y'all have a great one thanks bye